AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Charleston Orwig. Forty percent of edible food in this country is being lost or tossed. Yet one in six people are going hungry. Food waste is a big problem. At its fourth annual Thought Leadership event, Charleston Orwig got people talking. And we'd like you to join the conversation at charlestonorwig.com forward slash CO event. And now, AgriPulse, open mic. Senator Amy Klobuchar, thank you very much for being our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. Well, thanks, Ken. It's great to be on again. This week is going to be an interesting one. You are one of seven Democrats from the Senate that are on the conference committee, and you're going to participate in your first public meetings on Wednesday. What are your top priorities, say three of them, for Minnesota agriculture in the conference? Well, I think, first of all, of course, is getting this thing done. It's been long in the waiting, and I think trying to find these areas of compromise is going to be key. And I think on the ag part, we're not that far away. The first, of course, is making sure we keep a strong safety net in place for our commodities and doing that with this transition to crop insurance from uh, direct subsidies. And I think the bills aren't that far apart, and it's very important for our state. Uh, we're one of the top states for corn and soybean. And and the second thing would be some of the new things in there that I worked on for uh, livestock, and we've got uh, some young farmer and rancher provisions that make it easier for them to graze on CRP land, but also looking at what happened in South Dakota right to our west where uh, they lost a tremendous amount of cattle to the freeze, and it just shows why we need uh, the provisions in place for uh, the livestock, and they just weren't in place, and it shows the folly of just extending the old farm bill when you aren't able to put in some of the things that address the problems of today. Uh, And then I'd say the third piece of this uh, from a Minnesota perspective is we've had some incredibly difficult and dangerous flooding up in the Fargo-Moorhead area, Moorhead being in Minnesota, and Senator Hovind and I had worked on an amendment on some of the conservation issues that uh, would allow for some funding um, across the country for programs with retention and other things that I think would be very important for our farmers. Senator, traditionally we've had different views on the farm bill that have been aligned regionally more than politically. But I wonder, with the government shutdown we've had, did it do anything to change how the members will work together on this farm bill? It's actually, oddly, in the middle of all the chaos comes opportunity, and it gives me some hope, because right in the middle of this mess, at least Speaker Boehner uh, pointed those House conferees that we've been waiting on, you had the South Dakota tragedy happen, and all of that and push people with the anger of the public, and you don't need to see a public opinion poll to know there's a problem. You just can talk to people on the street. I'm hoping that you're still going to have a group of people that won't support the farm bill. We know that. But what's changed is that a number of moderate Republicans and other people from farm states, even if they're conservative Republicans, have finally said, you know what, I'm I'm willing to stand up to this and say this is very, very important to the people I represent, and we're going to get this done. So I see it. Um, we have some of the same dynamics still going on, but the balance has shifted somewhat, and the balance has shifted toward the desire to get things done. And this idea that, you know, courage isn't necessarily just going and giving some long speech all by yourself. Courage is whether or not you can 
stand next to someone or in the conference committee sit next to someone uh, that you don't always agree with for the betterment of this country uh, to get a bill like this done. What are the odds that the farm bill is going to be rolled into a larger budget package? I don't think anyone can really predict that right now. I sure can't. But what I do think is that it's important for us to move on this and move fast because we want ag senators and House members to be able to determine ag policy and not to have details of agriculture policy suddenly being decided at midnight in a closed-door room where there's no one from farm country. And so even if it somehow got rolled in or if the savings from it got included in some kind of package in uh, January, that's fine, but we want to be able to make sure that the policy agreements and the compromise are determined by people on the agriculture committees that have worked on this for so long. Of course, there's compromise needed in many areas on this bill. You mentioned that agriculture wasn't too far apart on the farm section of it. Uh, do you believe there's compromise that can be made in other areas of the farm bill? Uh, sure. You know, the dairy program that uh, Colin had worked on uh, so hard, Colin Peterson is in the Senate bill, but not the House bill, and so that's clearly an area where, uh, given his work on that, where we could uh, work something out. Uh, conservation programs is very close in the numbers. Um, I think that's a positive um, and should be fairly easy to work out. Uh, we've got that transition, as we discussed, from the uh, ag subsidies to the um, to the crop insurance, and I think that's going to be an area of big compromise. And then, you know, taking care of some of these regional issues that we may have with the South. I think people who've been involved in this for a while know that those are always issues, but we always seem to be able to resolve them. So I think those are areas of uh, major compromise. Now, one area that neither one of us have broached as of yet, it appears, is this uh, food nutrition area that is so far apart, $39.5 billion cut on the House side, $4.5 billion cut on the Senate side. Where do you think that will wind up? Well, I think, first of all, let's look at what the Senate did here. With strong bipartisan support, a number of Republican senators voted for the Senate version of about $4 billion in cuts on nutrition, food stamps. And those cuts came from closing a, a loophole, that's how I think of it, in a program of something that needed to be tightened up. There were 18 states that was using a program in a way that most of us believe it was not intended for in terms of leveraging matching funds on heating assistance. And so that was closed up, and that's how we got to that over $4 trillion in cuts. Uh, there may be more uh, things we can do with that. Uh, clearly, we'll look at some of the things raised by the House, uh, but this idea that we would have 10 times the number of cuts at a time when a lot of people are still struggling, when the president has said that he will veto a bill that has the $40 billion in cuts, uh, we know uh, that the number should be in some territory closer to the Senate number, to be able to get the kind of urban support we are going to need to actually get this bill done. And as for the details, I think that's going to determine by people of good faith as we look at this and see where, what are things that we can do. Uh, but I think we still have to remember that the cuts that the House put in, which were double what the House Ag Committee had originally proposed at $20 billion and got up to nearly $40 billion, um, and makes it hard. But I still think there's hope if people want to get this done. The conferees that are going on this committee, especially from the House, come in carrying some special interest with them. Do you think that will make it harder for you to pull the compromises off that you normally would in a farm bill? 
Well, I think in the end, you know, you have you don't have to have every single person agreeing with you. Um, and I think we know that um, some of the people on that that have been put on that committee, while it would be good to get them in agreement, and it's still possible given uh, how angry the public is, that we're not going to have the support of every Tea Party member in the House of Representatives. We know that. We have to build a coalition of farm conservatives, farm moderates uh, and farm uh, liberals <laughs> to be able to get this done who care about this. Plus, you have to add in some of the uh, urban area senators and representatives who believe we need a good food policy for this country. So I think you're going to see the same thing emerge on the committee that you're going to see emerge on the floor of the House. The Senate, of course, is already there uh, for a more moderate bill. And so um, that's what I'm hoping that we can do. We'll, we'll listen. We'll take some of the ideas. But I don't think you can always say, well, we're going to have every single vote. Uh, I don't expect that we will. And so that's just going to be a fact as we deal with people with different political philosophies uh, that are on the committee. Finally, as it comes down to whether or not the president will sign it, do you think that will be based almost entirely upon how much of the cuts that the House gets through on the food stamp bill? I think that that will be a major focus. Um, I think the Senate will uh, want to weigh in on that, too. I don't think we'll even get to the president's desk if the food cuts, uh, food stamp cuts and nutrition cuts are too close to where those House numbers are because you don't, wouldn't, you, we would lose the, and in the House, you would lose the House Democrats, right? And you need them to pass it because you're not going to get these Tea Party people out voting for a combined farm bill. And then you would also lose Democrats in the Senate. So while I think it's helpful for the public and for the countries to know where the president is on this, a lot of this has to also do on how you're going to be able to have a balanced farm bill that will be able to maintain that kind of a coalition that's always been so key to getting the farm bill passed. Finally, Senator Klobuchar, you have a provision in the Water Resources Development Act that uh, was passed by the House this week that would close the Upper St. Anthony Lock. Uh, how optimistic are you about that provision and whether it will be included in the final version of that bill? Well, I'm feeling very good about this. This is this issue of Asian carp, which were brought into our country um, in the southern part of the United States and kind of really hardy, and that's a nice adjective, uh, not to mention grotesque fish that have kind of um, made their way up um, to the Mississippi. And the fear is that they could... Um, greatly harm, if not eliminate, one of the biggest industries in my state, which is fishing. And so what this is a lock that is very little used. There's a scrap metal company, um, some kayakers, and a tour boat that's no longer using it. And I am a big supporter of our lock and dams and know how important it is to agriculture. I'm one of the few sponsors on the River Act, which um, the industry is focusing on to get some fees there from industry to better upgrade our locks and dams. And so I've worked with them on this, and I think it's a very singular situation uh, of one underused lock uh, that can be closed, and it helps us to protect the entire northern Minnesota Mississippi rivers and the streams that come off it and lakes that come off it. And the house version is nearly uh, is, is uh, basically the same as the Senate version, so I'm feeling very good about uh, getting this done and getting this into the final word of bill after the conference. Senator Klobuchar, you've got a very busy week ahead. Thank you for laying out all of what you think may take place in the conference committee and other activities of the U.S. Senate. We appreciate you being our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. 
Well, thank you, Ken. And I think the one takeaway that I just want to leave people with and all our friends in the agriculture community that supply so many jobs and feed the world is that uh, we're hoping that this has been a sea change from the um, really the mess of the last few weeks, the chaos, and I think people really learned that the public is sick of it and certainly sensible people in the farm country are sick of it. And so I'm hoping that that, that is going to push a lot of the people that haven't want to stood up to some of these people that have been obstructionists, push them to stand up and say, you know, this is a good bill. It reduces the debt by $24 billion, and it makes it much more valuable than it was before as people are seriously now looking at a long-term budget. And so people who don't even care about the farm bill suddenly say, you know, this is a pretty good deal. Farm country wants it, brings the debt down by $24 billion. Let's put it in there. So that's what we're looking at. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by Charleston Orwig. Visit their thought leadership event at charlestonorwig.com forward slash co event. I'm Ken Root.